This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Welcome back in for hour number two of The Insiders. I am James Ham. Joining me, Jesse Tapia today. Kyle, of course, is on vacation. Um, I am wearing flannel in honor of Kyle uh, to represent my, my friend who is now in the tropics, not wearing flannel, of course. Uh, hopefully not. Hopefully he doesn't have to wear flannel in the truck. He's in some button-up with fruit on it, probably. Uh, that's very possible. I I expect him to be wearing a large hat and even at this hour sipping on something. Yeah, he's probably got some shade out, too. Sandals out. He, You know, I, he might not be there yet. I, I know he was in the air this morning. He did send me a text, wheels up. Um, we're like, we've developed, we're, we're close now. You know, when you when you do a radio show with someone... Uh, you builds, guys got the group chat going and all that. It builds some weird bond. Yeah, it builds some weird bond. I, you know, I, I had no idea this would happen, but now me and Kyle, who did not know each other at all before September, were like the two best, best buds now anyone could ever have. Yeah, we're like stepbrothers. Um, we got basketball to talk about. Sacramento Kings take on the Atlanta Hawks. Trey Young is out. Is that like the worst thing possible if you're a Kings fan? Yeah, honestly, if I'm a Kings fan, I'm, I'm I'm checking for the injury report every day. Is their top guy playing? No, oh no, we're we're cooked, fellas. It's gonna be a tough one. We're in for a tough one tonight. We're in for a tough one. Yeah, you're absolutely cooked. Uh, which is weird. Well, first of all, Trey Young typically doesn't play all that well against the Kings, and uh, you know he's had some numbers games, but he isn't like the huge threat. I don't know what it is. Him and De'Aaron Fox. Uh, Fox usually roasts him, and it's not the other way around. Uh, the Kings have had three days off here to think about this game. Um, no game on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Very rarely do you see an entire weekend off. I know Mike Brown went to the the 49ers game on Sunday. His son is like a quality control coach on, on Kyle Shanahan's staff. Um, so he went down to support his son. I guess some 49er fans uh, like helped him out with, I don't know if it was rain gear or whatever, but uh, like he definitely was not, I don't think was prepared for the inclement weather. Yeah, that's tough. Um, being, is, being out in the rain is the no-go for me. I'm a big, rain is cool if I'm in the inside. If I'm on the outside, this is dumb. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. It's a little, it's a little weird. Um, before we get to some of our thoughts on, on this Hawks game, though, Jesse, they're like trade rumors, first of all, I would say this, like, this is a season where you really have to vet everything that you're reading and, and seeing online, right? And I, I know, like, Kyle Kuzma is still available if you have two first-round picks. And I think it's funny, uh, the rumor this weekend was they don't want any of those, those dumpy picks like the, the the Raptors got for Siakam. 
they're like, no, 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 no. We don't want, number one, we don't want 2024 first-round picks because the 2024 first round is considered not very good at all. They want better picks than that. They don't want mid-20s picks, which is probably what they got for Siakam is, you know, probably a, a 20th pick and a 24th pick. And then on top of that, a, a future first-round pick, which should be a pretty solid pick too because you just traded them an all-star player. Um, where are you at with Kuzma? What would you do uh, to go get Kuzma on this Kings roster? I'll give up. I'll give up a couple of picks for Kyle Kuzma. This team, I'm pretty. I, I think this team, I think this roster as it is needs. I think it needs to shake up. I think they need to make a move. I'm like right now. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty comfortable. I think I know what this team's going to end up being. And just right now, just the things things don't feel great. So I, I'd give up two picks for him. Okay, I I wouldn't give up two picks. I would give up a pick, a, a one first round pick and one or two seconds. That's where I would go. Yeah, if you can get that deal, then you do that. But I, like, I think with the picks, too, because I'm, I'll say it. Like, I'm not a big guy, like, picks guy or whatever, just because I think if the Kings add Kuzma, you're picking in the 20s the next three, four years. I think Kuzma's a guy where maybe not, like, I don't know if I feel the same way about or differently about Jeremy Grant, but I think Kuzma, at least, if you add him to the team, at least gets you to the Western Conference Finals. And after that, you got to do it yourselves and get to the finals. I don't know if he instantly, you know, gets you to that top four, that instant title contender status or whatever, but he does get you to the Western Conference Finals, I think. Okay. Uh, what about Jeremy Grant? What would be your thoughts on it? Because I, I like you Jer- really I like, haven't had this discussion. This I like Jeremy fun. Grant better. I like Jeremy Grant better just because I like his, his offensive game a little bit more. I think he can play defense a little bit better than Kuzma. Yeah, and I, he, think, I think he's just the guy, too. Like, we're in the playoffs. They're locking up on DeMontis Sabonis trying to take him away. De'Aaron Fox is doing everything he can trying to um, get his own shots, but obviously teams are playing better on him. You throw in a guy like Jeremy Grant, like he can go out and get his own bucket or whatever and make it a little bit easier on the on the Kings offense. Kind of get him out of those like stagnant moments. I trust I, I like that part of his game better than I would Kuzma's to do that for them. Okay. Uh, I think both of them are going to cost you roughly the same because they while well, Portland's trying to play like they're not going to trade Jeremy Grant, like like this dude turns 30 soon and they have another 4 years left on paying yeah, him. Yeah, what are you going to keep him around for? By the time you're feeling good about what you yeah. are, he's already ready to retire. Yeah, they're not going to be good at all by the time he's ready, right? And by uh, by the time that this team is ready. Um where I I would I'll kick back a little bit. Like for me, I think Kuzma is a bucket. I think he can get you he can get you points. I think he can be a system guy or a freelance guy. Um, I, I think offensive ceiling is higher than Jeremy Grant, although I like the way that Jeremy Grant gets his buckets because he's really difficult to defend, especially when he decides to get in the box. Um, he goes up and over the top of players, really, really easy to get a bucket the way he plays. Um, but I would say that Kuzma is a much, much, much better rebounder. That's true, and that is, I mean, we've been complaining about it all year from that spot for the Kings. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about a guy 3-4, you know, rebounds per game versus a guy who can get you seven, eight, and sometimes can get you a double double. And Kuzma, I think that that's a different element. I, I think maybe uh, he's a little more uh, that that Jeremy Grant's a little more switchable uh, on the defensive end, which would be great with uh, with Keegan Murray. And I also think that like both of these players are gonna have to realize if they're going to a team like Sacramento, that their twenty plus points per game is gonna drop to like seventeen, eighteen. Just because that's the nature of the beast, you already have stars in Sacramento. And then Kuzma does have like the nicer contract too. All right, if you're taking one back. Oh, by far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like if you want to make that as your determining factor, it is the easiest sell of all time. Like I would give up. Like that's the thing with Jeremy Grant. I mean, he he goes up to 36 million as like a 33, 34 year old, 
where Kuzma is, it's at 25 and a half, 23 and a half, 21 and a half, and down to 19 and a half. And that's when he's like 31, 32. Does either guy bring in, like, obviously Kuzma wouldn't because his contract. Let's say you're bringing in a guy like Grant. Does it affect what you can do with Malik in the offseason? No, not really. I think that the, the, where the Kings are at is they can afford a another 25 to $35 million player. What they can't afford is the 40 that goes up to 60. Zach Levine. Uh, Zach Levine, but also Pascal Siakam. Like, if I'm the Kings, there's no way I was touching that contract. It, I mean, if if he's saying he wants max money, the deal's over. Like, I, I'm not going to push forward at all. Like, I, Me and Kyle talked about this a little bit last week. The thing is, like, for the Pacers, Siakam is their Sabonis move. Where the Kings have already made that Sabonis move, the Kings need the other move that goes with that. The Bruce, not well, not Bruce Brown, but like that type of guy, the Aaron Gordon's type, the third guy. Yeah, maybe Aaron Gordon, but it, it can even be it can be a player who's that good or better. And I would think that any player that takes that would be like if you're going to go out and get a Kuzma or you're going to go out and get a Jeremy Grant, it would be with the understanding that that's who he's going to be in Sacramento. He's going to be like Aaron Gordon, where hey, look, you might have to average 15, 16 points per game, but we're going to need you to rebound. We're going to need you to defend like at a super high level. And we're going to need you to be a part of a puzzle, not be a corner piece, but you're going to be part of the puzzle, right? And so I think that you can get that out of either one of them. There's also this weird rumor, uh, which I, I, like I've known Matt Moore for a long time from the Action Network. Uh, we were True Hoop Buddies years ago. Um, and he threw it out there that Miles Bridges, and man, I really hope the Kings don't go that way. That they, yeah. the, Kings, the Kings are one of the teams that have called on Miles Bridges as a way. I think he phrased it. I, I would hope that the Kings would think better of that. Yeah, that's one of those. You don't you don't need that right now. For for what you're building on, you don't you don't need that right now. I don't think you need that ever. But right now I understand what you're saying. But yeah. I, I would just say I would caveat it with you don't need that ever. Yeah. Like this is a guy and I and I think there's this weird thing because when he came through Sacramento, like we watched Josh Giddy get booed off the court, right? Boo, 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 boo. Like the whole game. Every time he touched the ball. Then Miles Bridges shows up. You know how your fans feel. But he didn't get the boos that Josh Giddy felt got. He got some boos, a smattering of boos, but it wasn't nearly as bad. And I'm looking around like, are are Kings fans serious? But this- I, I, yeah, but I, there's also like, I mean, there's also aspect like how many, how much do you know about the Charlotte Hornets and all that? But I, like, if you were to trade for a guy like Miles Bridges, those stories are gonna come out, and your fans are gonna see that, and no one's gonna be happy about that. No, I, I would. Everyone hope- who wasn't privy to it will be. Yeah. No, no, I, I think so too. And I mean, the guy basically didn't play for a year because it was it wasn't a league mandated suspension, but it ended up he got time served for missing a year, and it was for like some horribly violent acts. And then it, that's not the end of it. You know, he had another incident with the same person. Uh, you know, like right before training camp, where he's throwing pool balls at somebody. You know, like there is some crazy stuff going on there, and, and like. You don't need that as a franchise. Yeah, go call about Mike Bridges instead. How about that? Yeah, how about that? Yeah, that they'll want all the picks, but yeah. Um, all right, we're gonna step away. Uh, when we come back, we're gonna, I don't know, I we're gonna mix things up here. Uh, we're gonna revisit some of the things we talked about last week with the Niners, what it was that would cause the Niners to lose, and if we were right on some of those things. Uh, but we're gonna kick right back into uh, a little bit of a Kings discussion too. So, I am James. He is Jesse. You are listening to The Insiders, brought to you by Jiffy Lube. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Welcome back into The Insiders. I am James Ham. Joining me, Jesse Tapia. Jesse, we... We're having a good discussion about potential trades and things like that with the Sacramento Kings. I know it's gone a little quiet, right? And I, I fans should always like anytime it goes quiet, I think that's when you're you get it, more like you get like just like honest, I'm not agitated, right? We're just kind of like, all right, well, it's like, what's going on? Where's the rumors at? Like we were talking all nice a couple of weeks ago, and now there's nothing. You got nothing for me now? Yeah, I would say that this is a moment where it's more real, and that's where I think people. Advertised deals, deals that actually happen versus deals that are talked about, they usually work more like this, where it's quiet. Like, let's go back to the situation two years ago where Sacramento Kings trade Tyrese Halliburton for uh, Demonis Sabonis. I literally had conversations within the walls of the Kings franchise two days earlier. Like, look, we really hope to keep the the pairing of Tyrese Halliburton and De'Aaron Fox together. As of today, we don't have any plans to trade one or the other. But it was always with, we hope. Like, there was this word that that just kept lingering afterwards. I think there was a Shams tweet um, during that time, too, where he kind of he tweets the same thing, basically, or whatever, saying the Kings have no intention of trading Tyrese Halliburton right now. It's that word, that intention right there. You have no intention right now, but... Yes, exactly. Just like where you hear, like, people say, well, there's no way the Kings are going to trade... Keegan Murray. No, they're not trading Keegan Murray. Unless, you know, and that unless is like a huge unless, right? Unless Giannis Antetokounmpo wants to come to the Bucs or come to the Kings. Yeah, unless there's some like crazy, you can't turn down deal where it's like, oh my gosh, you're getting what? We're not talking about that player. Players that we've talked about so far, whether it's Miles Bridges or it's, you know, uh, Kyle Kuhn. Or one of these other players, you know, again, Jeremy Grant, that's not a player that reaches a level where the Kings would ever reach into the bag and and trade Keegan Murray because they believe will be better than any one of those players. Like, I, I know that they believe he'll be better than Laurie Markkinen. They're not going to trade him for Laurie Markkinen. So 
that's where you have to, like, the reality you have to live in. And there are plenty of players out there that the Kings can trade for. And and I think that there's a chance that they will. And I think maybe a bigger discussion is what you said. Doesn't it feel like they, they need to shake things up? Yeah, because honestly, this team, the way the vibes are and all, it's just, it feels like just they haven't been able to get their footing at all this season. I'm not sure. Like, I, I can't expect a team that's been inconsistent through 41 games to fi- to figure it out in the next 41. That's interesting. I, like, I think you can figure it out the next 41 and somehow ramp up to who you're going to be. But you can't expect them to figure out in the next 20. And how much damage can you do to yourself in the next 20? That's the thing right there. You know, so... You're already on a four-game losing streak right now. Yeah, and you're facing a seven-game road trip that's coming up, and and some of those seven games are are difficult. You start it with the Golden State Warriors, then you go to Dallas. Like, there's there's plenty to, like, look and this at is, that. And this isn't a team, too, where you look at the schedule. Oh, well, they got some under 500 teams coming up. Like, you can't look at the Kings game by game. Oh, well, they should be able to win this one. Because, I mean, that's probably how we felt against Indiana when um, Tyrese is out. Like, you just can't count on this team right now at all. Yeah, I think that's the strangest thing. Although, I, even the four-game losing streak, I'm much more comfortable with their last three losses than any of those other blowout losses. Like, to me, that's something, number one, you have tape to look at. And you can dive into and say, okay, this is what we did wrong to get there. Second, you have this mental aspect, which is a free throw shooting. Like, okay, everybody in the gym, everybody let's have conversations. Everybody let's work through this, whatever is happening. We can't be the 30th best free throw shooting team in the league. Because you know what happens in playoffs if that's how bad you are? They just foul you the whole time and they take you out of your game and they force you to the line and they break your confidence at the line. Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, that's like a good coach against you. That's what you do. Like, hey, let's, anytime we're near the end of quarters and stuff, let's just, let's just take their wind out of their sails a little bit. Let's keep sending them to the line and, and really mess with their heads. I mean, yeah, because if you're the Kings players, like, you know what they're doing. They don't believe in you at all. That stuff gets in your head easily. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I think it's, it's definitely something that they have to figure out now. But uh, a three day break and it opens up into, you know, the fact that, you know, they have to get right before they get on the road. And you're facing an Atlanta Hawks team. It's totally dangerous. Like what the Hawks did to the the Kings in the first half of the last time these two teams played was crazy. And then, of course, the Hawks went away with from what they were doing that worked really well. Um, but no Trey Young tonight, which is like always the worst omen ever for any Kings fan. They They all start to freak out. Like how many times I've seen like the guy from Star Wars saying it's a trap. Um, like that, that gift sent to it's me. Just, it's, just, it's my favorite thing on Twitter to see the Kings fans. When the injury report comes out, oh, oh. Trey Young's out, great. We're screwed. Ty- Tyrese is out, great. We're losing by 30. Exactly. It, it, there is a massive panic that goes on. Uh, the Hawks are 18 and 24, though. And everything I've heard about the Hawks is they're really, really, really close to like parceling this thing out. Like they're, they're much closer to that. You know, they backed out of like going for Siakam because they realized that that's not who they are and they don't need to do that right now. And that would prolong their misery. And so, you know, we've we've heard uh, the DeJounte Murray. Um, that was something I'd heard like a week and a half ago that was super close. Uh, and I've heard Sham say it this morning, but I had heard the exact same deal. It was DeJounte Murray for uh, Russell and um, a, a first round pick, a pick swap. And then what's his Siobhan? Uh, I can't remember the other the other kid on the Lakers that um, that they were that was in the deal to make the money work. Uh, it was Jalen Hood uh, Shafino. That's something that that was like super close, but um, then now it feels like it's kind of been pushed back. And uh, so 
I feel like this Hawks team, they understand what's going on. They're super close to like not being in a good situation where players are going to be, you know, shipped out. You know, again, uh, trays and concussion protocol. So that could last a couple of days. I, they even have a back to back against the Warriors tomorrow, I believe. Um, but where are you at with this team? Like, if they were to lose tonight, like, what kind of panic button would you be hitting? If they, I feel like if the Kings lose tonight, it's kind of telling us a little bit more of what are we what we already know as far as like it's time for a move and all. Because I mean, you're you're coming off of a three three day break. This, there's a team. Trey Young is out. Okay, a bunch of guys on their roster. I'm sure have it in their minds. Okay, I might be traded. So I'm sure they're they're not there 100 with the focus and all that. This is a team where you come in off rest. Like you do need to be. And if you can't, and it's just more of the same, then it's just like I said, it's just telling us what we already kind of know. I think they kind of need to prove us wrong today. Yeah, I'm with you. They do. They do need to come, kind of come out. And I'll say this. Like, I've been around this team a lot. Um, I was at practice on Saturday. And the vibe, there's not a bad vibe. Like, and, you know, in the locker room with Sabonis a couple of nights earlier, like, he said it very clearly. Like, oh, no, we still love each other. We're, we're all in this together. We feel great as a group. We're, you know, we just have to figure some things out. I don't think that the question has fully seeped in. But I do think that, like when you start to see records, well, you know, again, they hadn't lost four games in a row since the beginning of the 2023, uh, 22-23 season. I think that's something that, like, you can almost hang on your mantle, right? It's almost like an award that you went, hey, hey, we didn't lose four games in a row. And then you lose four right now, and you lose four in a way that didn't feel good where you could have won, easily gone three and one over the same stretch. I think it would be only human nature to see them teetering a little bit, but I don't really see that. And I want to see how they respond. Yeah. Cause I'm sure the way we see them and the way they see them, it's completely different. Like we're seeing them. Okay. Well, this is the team that needs to get to the second line. These two advance in the playoffs and all you need to do all this and just all kind of frantic or whatnot. But for them, it's probably, they're just in a rut right now. And things are like that's something they can play out of. Yeah. And it's, it's like not anything for them to panic, but like for the outside fan and all that, like, yeah, you're kind of just like, Oh my gosh, what's going on here? Yeah, and this is a dog days of the NBA season, right? You're 40-plus games in. This is where you usually have a little lull building up to the All-Star break. And, you know, I, like historically the Kings do, um, and that's usually when they fall out, and it's usually a huge problem, right? But I don't sense that that's the case with this team. I expect them to come out and be super hyper-focused. If they're not, I'm going to, like, instantly, you're going to be watching for Monty McNair during the game. Yeah, because, like, I mean, you look at the last three games of the losing streak or whatever, like, they weren't playing horribly and all that. Like, they were playing Kings basketball to a point. They did let their foot off the gas, which is the matter of just finishing, cleaning up the little things today. Yeah, and I, I even think a little bit of it is they may have thought, oh, look, Kevin Herter's back, and look how much better we look. Look, we look amazing. We look like last year's team. And then while you're so enamored with how good your offense looks all of a sudden, you just let off the gas enough to let some very talented teams come back and beat you. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan of like the learning lesson. Like Mike Brown said it was a learning lesson, but I mean, if you could turn it into one and learn something, I guess, then it works out. Yeah. Okay. So I think there's a difference too, between like lessons learned and being able to look at game film that you can actually correct. Right. So if you're getting blown out by 20 something, 30 something, whatever you're down by up, upwards of 50 against Pelicans. Like, you just have to throw that thing right in the incinerator. There's there's no reason to look at that game film because there's nothing to take out of it. Like, you could watch and say, hey, look, you didn't try hard enough. But 
after watching someone not try hard enough for like the first 14 minutes of a game or something. Yeah, what's the rest of this going to do yeah, for us? Like, like, what are we doing now? Like, okay, look, Keon Ellis played really well in the last five minutes. Great. Okay, so the rest of the tape you just... But when you see a game where it comes down to the finer nuances, whether it's free throw shooting or whether it's like one closeout or one block or, you know, giving up too many three-pointers to the Phoenix Suns in the final two minutes, you can actually go in and dissect it and, and break it down and try to figure out how how it is that you uh, you fell apart in a game. Yeah, something to actually work with. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, we're going to step aside one last time. Uh, when we come back, uh, we're going to revisit some of the Niner stuff, um, and we're going to dive into our keys to a Kings victory over the Atlanta Hawks, and then we'll also have the handoff. I don't know, d or Casey, one of the two is going to pop in here and hang out with us for a few minutes. Uh, thanks for tuning in to The Insiders on ESPN 1320, brought to you by Jiffy Lube. We are back. I am James Ham. Jesse Tapia is joining me today. We're the insiders. Jesse, I had this conversation last week on Friday, and it was this question of what would it take for the Niners to lose, right? How are they going to lose this game? Because they were heavy favorites against the Packers. Yeah, we almost saw it on Saturday. And we almost saw it. It was on Saturday. We'll keep saying Saturday because for some reason it, it just feels like it was a football weekend, right? Um, the first thing that we said, was, if it came down to the possession, that would be one way in which the 49ers could lose. And I, I think it did come down to the last possession. Yeah, you can say that. And it was close. So I think that that was like one of those things that we'll circle and say, yeah, that makes sense, right? And how do you, how do you think they did in that situation? Like whether like the offensive side of the ball, uh, uh, Purdy did march the team down and they they got the score they need. Yeah, they, I mean, I'd say they aced it. I mean, you come down like I said, the whole game was not great. Green Bay was the better team for about fifty three minutes of that game, but when it came down to it, it's like, all right, we need to take advantage of that they've given us. They did it. Purdy did take him downfield. He wasn't playing well, but he did on that drive. And um, you come back the other side. Jordan Love gets the ball and the defense closes it out too. Yeah, I, I thought that on both sides of the ball, you showed that you know maybe. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I was watching when when McCaffrey like took off for the touchdown, right? The the game leading touchdown. I was thinking, oh man, down the ball at the one, like drop down at the one. That would be it's the old Ladanian Tomlinson play, right? Like drop down at the one and and burn the rest of the clock and get in the end zone. But then there's that other thing, like anything can happen in that situation. Yeah, a fumbled like, snap and you're just vilified forever or you get a false start penalty you back it up five yards uh something stupid happens you get a pick whatever so that's where you're always kind of torn i'm okay with what happened and then on the defensive side of the ball i thought that's when they finally got a little bit of pressure and started to close out he uh, you forced jordan love into making a mistake on the defensive side of the ball and uh you know with, with your defense and i think that's how so yeah I mean, I think that, that they, they cleared that one. Okay, the second one that we had, uh, Moody. Um, I think everyone going in. But I think the funny thing is, is if you, you don't watch a lot of Packers football, you're not aware that they have the same exact problem. Oh, yeah, they're not big Anders Carlson fans in Green Bay. No, no. I mean, that guy can't be back. 
next year. No, like, he, I, he's out of there. I, definitely next season. They will have a new kicker, no doubt. Yeah, if he walks into a bar looking for like like a Paps Blue Ribbon, they literally say door. Yeah. Like, no cheese for you. Get out now. Like, right now. Right? So I thought that Moody, he missed the early one, which is like, oh. Uh, it's like the womp, womp, womp. Like, you knew this was a problem. It's like going into the NFC Championship game with Josh Johnson as your backup quarterback. Like, what did you expect? If you had to go there, what did you expect, right? And it's not a knock on him. You you signed him, like, two weeks earlier. But you had all season long of seeing Moody be inconsistent, and then you went through this huge stretch where he doesn't even kick the ball. Like, all he gets is extra points. Yeah, he's been hanging out for the few weeks. He's been chilling for a long time, like, growing a mustache and stuff. Like, it, none of it feels like, but... He comes through with the big, oh, was it 52-yarder? I think so, yeah, around there. Yeah, yeah. So I think that that's a big moment for them. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a kicker guy. I'll say it right now. I do not like kickers. I like, <laughs> like I know it's a hard job, but you guys do one thing, and it's just please like just hit this, knock this field goal down. So I'm not the biggest kicker fan or whatever. But, I mean, what more do you want from Jake Moody? Like, he did miss the one, but when we needed you to make it, you did. Yeah, yeah. That's all, that's all counts, really. All right, so our, our next one was Purdy. Like, Purdy is a question mark, and I think – he continued to be a question mark until the final drive. And yeah, then he cleaned, like, he cleaned up his mess. Like, all right, there he is. That's the quarterback that could lead a team to a Super Bowl. Uh, and again, doing it without one of your star wide receivers, having to find someone else to make a big play and making a absolute perfect pass to Chris Connolly. Like all of those things like played into a a much larger idea that Brock Purdy is maybe coming of age, that we might be having this moment where he's growing up in front of our eyes and he could take another step. So I think we checked that one. That's that's the other. Injuries happen. That's our next piece that we had. Uh, and, of course, Debo does happen, and they're able to survive that, which I don't think was pretty. It, well, no, it wasn't, no. I mean, show me one 49er fan that wasn't holding their breath that entire game. Yeah. Uh, everyone was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I sat there and watched by myself like, oh, this is not good. Like the whole entire game, you're like, oh, this is not fun. Yeah. I mean, I thought they were going to lose most of the game. I feel like um, even though Green Bay did play well yesterday, or um, this weekend, even though Green Bay did play well over the weekend, I think the biggest thing for the 49ers, but a lot of it was self-inflicted, I think. Boy, that sounds like a Sacramento Kings thing. Yeah, like Green Bay was playing well, so I'm not going to take too much away from them. But like I said, like Kyle Shanahan could have been a lot better. Brock Purdy could have been a lot better. Like it wasn't just a matter of you know, like no, just Green Bay don't like just Green Bay. Oh, they're taking it to him. Like it was a little self inflicted too. Even their defensive line could have been better. Their defensive backfield because their defensive line wasn't good, like got exposed a little bit. Like all of these things are part of like a larger. Like I don't think they got their A game, which you still survived. I, I guess that's big. And then I, the other thing we had is that Jordan Love continues his hot streak. And to me, I thought that's not what we saw. Like, whatever Jordan Love was coming into that game, his stats show it. Like, he just was not that effective. And then he made two, like, tremendous errors. Yeah, he was huge. average, and he made those young quarterback mistakes. Exactly, exactly. He he definitely, that's a good way to put it, he made young quarterback mistakes. And, and again, that's where I, I always want to give a little bit more leeway to Brock Purdy, who didn't get you know, two years, three years sitting on a bench behind a Hall of Famer, like figuring out how to play the game. He he got like, what was it, nine weeks? He got to sit behind Trey Lance and Jimmy G. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and then I don't think either one of those guys were spending time with him, 
trying to bring him along, although I don't think that uh, that Aaron Rodgers was either. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, nobody was worried about Brock Purdy. If anyone's getting tired, it was Trey Lance. So. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So he kind of under the radar. So I, I think all of those things were, were big. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers found a way on Saturday to uh, advance to the NFC Championship game, 24-21 victory over the Green Bay Packers. Um, so... Outside of that, what was your favorite game this weekend? I mean, we have this incredible 27-24 Chiefs over the Bills. We have Lions-Bucks. Um, I still, the Lions-Bucks, why are you going for two? Like, it's almost like the... Well, that's the new analytics thing, I guess. Like, right. you go for two, and if you get that, then the next touchdown you score, like, you you win instead of having to tie it up and go to overtime or whatnot. And if you don't get that two-point conversion, then you get to at least have a chance to go for two if you score again. I get the analytics of it, but I just feel like, especially in a big game like that... I'm not a fan of it. It adds so much pressure, mm-hmm. right? Because if you miss it, now you're totally screwed. Now you not only do you have to get another touchdown, but that might not be good enough. Now you need a touchdown and an extra point. I mean, and a two-point conversion. You put yourself in a weird situation, and I think, like, the Lions became the poster child for this, but then it was weird to see it flipped where it was the Bucks who did it, and I didn't think the Bucks were good enough offensively all game where you were like, oh, they're so dominant. They can go get this at any moment to go for two. Yeah, no, you're playing from behind. Well, not playing. You're playing catch-up most of the game. I don't want to say behind because they did um, tie it up at points and all that. But, yeah, like you said, this, your offense isn't, like, I don't think you can be confident enough in your offense to get that done. Get your extra point and then score again. If it goes to overtime, I think that's honestly better for a team like that compared to the other way. Okay, so I'll go back to my question that I asked originally. Which which of the games was your favorite to watch? What did you enjoy? Uh, Chiefs, Chiefs Bills easily. Chiefs Bills, that was like back and forth. That was, like I said, we you, you get games in sports. It was like, oh, we get this player versus this player. And you build it up in your head. Like, oh, it's going to be this amazing game. And it's going to be one of these all-time greats. And usually it's a dud or something like that. This one was like everything you wanted. You, you, um, the Chiefs all season not looking great. But just all of a sudden somehow flipped the switch. Travis Kelsey's back. They're playing well. Josh Allen is doing what he does. They were going back and forth. It was just perfect. I thought so, too. I thought it was super entertaining. Every time Pacheco got the ball, you were like, wow, look at him. He runs with so much force. He's like a miniature Incredible Hulk. Yeah, he just like, uh, it's it's almost a little Walter Payton-esque because he, he does a high knee thing and he's chopping. Uh, even a little Roger Craig where like he just like, like he hits the, the, the hole so hard. You're like, huh, look at that. Uh, like I think he, he's one of those players that you don't expect him to like break one, but every single time he he gets the handoff, you're like, oh man, this is gonna be a tough five yards. Yeah, it's exactly what I'm saying. It's a chunk yards every time, five, four to six yards every time. Yeah, yeah, and I think that they can because of that, they have an opportunity to be a different team than a lot of these other teams do. I think the 49ers have that ability. Actually, at this point, you're kind of getting down to it, where all four teams are are pretty well rounded. Yeah, I think every yeah. every team you can look at has like has a decent has a good running game, defense. I want to say every team has a decent defense or good defense, but I don't know how much we like Detroit's defense right now. But they're all kind of just built for this like January type football. Okay, yeah, I I totally agree. I, I'm excited to see you know like while they're playing against the the Forty ers I'm excited to see what the Lions look like. Like man, the Lions are they're tough right now. That's early, so we'll see how the week goes. But right now, that'd be my pick in that game. Really? I'd take Detroit right now. Okay, I, I'm going to rely on what I've seen from the Niners most of the season and and chalk this last week up to maybe a little bit of rust, maybe a little bit too much time off, um, And but you still found a way to get through. 
and you had a good moment for your quarterback and a big moment for your uh, for your defense. I kind of feel like this is going to go one of two ways, and, and it, it's going to be a blowout one way or the other. You know what I mean? I don't think it's going to be that's, close. That's how, it's a blowout either way? Yeah, I think so. I, I would predict that the Niners will do something more like, I don't know, like 31-17. I think that's what I had them winning this week, but something larger, maybe 31-13, like where one team, like the anxiety of the moment overtakes them. I don't know if I want to... I, I think I'd go shootout. I, I can see a shootout. Oh, okay. Both teams going for thirty plus or something like that. Yeah, I, I I'm see. not sure how much how much Detroit's defense is going to stop. Um, like how much they're going to um shut down Purdy and those guys again. But well, I think right now Detroit, I'd pick them just because I think they're playing better. Yeah, I think Aiden Hutchinson is a problem. Oh yeah, I mean he's a big problem, especially with the way that Purdy handles that situation. Sometimes they like that guy's really really good, but the fact that they don't have a true number two yet. They got a guy who's coming up, but they don't have a true number two pass rusher. That's a problem. And, and it, look, if the Niners' defensive line doesn't show up, it's going to be a long day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Let's get to uh, let's get to this this Kings Atlanta Hawks game tonight. Um, the Kings, of course, they have a seven game road trip le- looming. Um, this is a big game against a team that you know they went down to Atlanta and beat a couple of weeks ago uh they did not look good doing it they they had a horrible first half they recovered in the second half to shut down the hawks and, and really take advantage uh no Trey Young he's out uh he he's in concussion protocol um but the kings can't afford to let off the gas with Trey Young out this is a team that has plenty of nba you know especially guards <laughs> Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, Deontay Murray's got his names in the trade rumors and all that. You know, he's going to want to show out today and all that. Yeah, yeah, and I and Bogdan Bogdanovich uh, coming back to Sacramento. You know that he's going to want to put on a performance. Um, no, DeAndre Hunter. DeAndre Hunter. I, I, DeAndre Hunter's been out for a while. I know a lot of Kings fans. They always bring up DeAndre Hunter as a potential trade target. That dude can't stay healthy at all. Yeah, any guy that if, he, if, if any injury prone player, I'm always out on trading for like guys like Jonathan Isaac and all that. Yeah, oh, no, no. Like, Jonathan Isaac, you can't trade for. Like, I mean, that dude... The potential I, always looks good, but you just know. They're they're missing a certain amount of games no matter what. Yeah, I mean, he's missed, like, three years of his career. Yeah. I mean, people forget he's a 2017 draft pick. He was right behind De'Aaron Fox in the draft. Um, but, yeah, uh, let's go through... Uh, we're going to have Kenny in here in just a minute, it, it appears. Let's uh, let's go through our keys to victory. Um for the Kings. Um, my first key, Jesse, no Trey uh, doesn't mean let up. You, you got to play uh, as if he is there. You got to play as if this is a full team because anytime this team looks across and sees an injury report that includes someone like Trey Young, they usually melt down. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll play off of that point right now. I got I to be ready for Deontay Murray. All right, we all know who's getting the shots. And I feel like every time the Kings go through, like, all right, this top player is out, it's always, all right, we'll watch out for this player. And it's just that player always has the game of their life. You know who's going to get the shots today. All right, you know who the focus is going to be on. Watch out for Deontay Murray. Yeah, uh, I fully agree. I this My second point is uh, slow the pick and roll with Capella. If you remember, the way that they built the huge lead in Atlanta is they just pick and rolled the Kings to death with Capella in the first like five minutes of the game. And the Kings had zero answer. And then all of a sudden, for some reason, Atlanta stopped doing that and then didn't come back to it in the second half. And you're like, what are you doing? And Quinn Snyder's a really good coach, but maybe I missed something. Maybe the Kings made some adjustment that took away Capella. 
But as far as I could tell, they didn't have an answer in like the first five minutes when the guy's putting up double digits and then they went away from it. They're talking about switching up in the second half. I got for my second key, play a full 48 minutes. I mean, the Suns game has been living rent free in my head since. Play a full 48 minutes. Don't take your foot off the gas at all. Start the game strong and start and end it stronger. Okay. No, that makes that makes perfect sense to me. Uh, my third key is hit your freebies. Man, this is the Kings are the worst free throw shooting team in the league. And you just lost two out of the last three games. We can directly point to missed free throws. If you, with 18 seconds left against the Milwaukee Bucks, Malik Monk stepped to the line with a chance to make it a six-point game, and you end up losing because he missed both of those. De'Aaron Fox missed and, and Damian Lillard hits a three. Then you get to this next game, and 18 of 32 from the free throw line. That's just unacceptable. It's, it's crazy. I mean, I over here, he coaches you know, young youth basketball. If your team shot 18 to 32 from the line, you're going to be anking out of that. We'll What's take your... a lapse after the... <laughs> That's your last key. The last key is team contributions. You mentioned it earlier. Um, every time you check a box score, it's all Keegan, Fox, and um, and Sabonis getting it done. We need um, Herder to keep playing. Barnes show up maybe today. We need some from more than four guys show up today. Um, That makes perfect sense to me. Let's welcome in Kenny Caraway. Oh, he says he cannot hear. Um, oh, no. How about that? No. Oh. Can y'all hear me? Uh, we can I hear, can you. hear you. Yeah. Go do some producer work. You guys talk. Okay, sounds good. Uh, Kenny, what's going on? Try that again, Jesse. Testing, testing, there testing. We We're back. Somebody We're back. The volume down. Oh, there we go. Someone turn. Don't mess on. with the volume knobs when you go into studios. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm great. Uh, you're riding a little high I'm today, great. aren't you? I'm feeling great today, baby. Niners going to the NFC Championship game. Uh, crazy. Crazy stressful game on Saturday night, but they got it done, man. And that's that's all that matters at the end of the day. It's all that matters is well, that they won and they're moving on. What were your thoughts during the game, though? Oh, I was stressed out. I mean, I thought this was it, it was it was um, a situation where there was high anxiety, and I'll talk about it in depth, maybe more on on the show on D-Long KC. But I thought the weight of uh, a fan base, the weight of a Levi Stadium, the weight of their own expectations for themselves were heavy on the 49ers on Saturday night. You could feel I felt it through the TV. You could feel it in that stadium. There was heavy, heavy expectations in that game, and they overcame all that. They overcame it. Like, there's a lot of times when that pressure and and everything, you know, you'll feel it in, in teams and players will buckle under it. And the Niners persevered through all that, man. So during the game, there was a couple of times when I was like, man, I don't know if this is going to happen. I know once the Packers got to 21, um, and I think the Niners got the ball back and they didn't score. And I said, man, these guys going to have to pitch a shutout, you know, f- to win this game. And they did it. Not only did they did that, do that, they took the ball away two times in that time frame. So, I, man, that was, that, was, that was a hell of a win. I'm hyped up. I can't wait for Sunday. And one of the biggest things that we'll talk about all day is what you saw on Saturday, one way or another, has no correlation to what you're going to see on Sunday. So there's no need to even stress over that, in my opinion. If anything, this is probably more of a good thing than it would be a bad thing. Yeah, I'm intrigued by that. Like the weight that you talk about, how does that carry over? And, and did is that like the stress relief they needed? Like is – 
because they didn't look like a great team most of that game, but they looked like a team that was good enough to hang and then maybe bite you in the end. They've got to figure that out, but I think sometimes like getting the first one here, getting the first playoff win and making sure that you're still alive and you're dancing is a big deal. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Another aspect of that is it's the playoffs, man. You know what I'm saying? It's the playoffs. You're going to play good teams. You're going to play teams that are playing good football more times than night outside of, like, the Eagles. Everybody else came into the playoffs playing good football, feeling good about themselves, and, and feeling like they had an opportunity to win it all because it's the playoffs. So sometimes you'll get those games where you're, you'll beat down somebody and it'll be easy work. Sometimes it's not going to be like that. And you, you also look at a guy like Matt LaFleur, it's almost a de facto division game with how well he knows Kyle Shanahan and what he likes to do and uh, his schemes and everything. And it just I thought Matt LaFleur did a great job calling that game. So it happens. It happens. I, I, I Obviously, there's things you want to work on and get better at and all this other stuff, but I, I'm elated by what happened on Saturday and excited for what I think is going to happen on Sunday. Did you feel with Brock it was a little bit of a coming-of-age story? That, like, he finally did get the game where he has to he has to do something? In order for that team to win, mm-hmm. he had to make that throw to Conley. Mm-hmm. He had to march the team down the field yeah. and make the big plays when it mattered and, and come away with the win. And that, to me, is something that's been hanging over this kid's head for a long time. Right. And a lot of it is, you know, we talked about it, that stat that kept going up that Shanahan's 0 for 30 when trolling by 7 in the fourth quarter, that's not a Brock Purdy stat. No. That's no. a Kyle Shanahan stat. And Brock Purdy just happens to be part of that stat tree, right. if you will. And I think at a certain point, like, he needed that too. Shanahan needed that uh, to to get over over his own whatever uh, where he made a good game call and, and he made some some calls down the stretch yeah. that really mattered. I think that was more Shanahan maybe having to get past something than Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy, has he played? I'm about to say twenty. I think he's played like twenty two games in his career. Mm-hmm. Like he he doesn't have to get over anything at this point in his career, in my opinion. But it was good to see. Now Kyle Shanahan, yeah, he had to get that monkey off his back a little bit. Um, because that that was getting a little crazy. That was something that I couldn't even defend. And like I said, I'll talk about it on the show, but I thought that was the worst coach game I've ever seen Kyle Shanahan have. And really? and you guys know I love Shanahan. That's that's my guy. I'll defend him to to the depths, but I got to call a spade a spade. I had no idea what he was doing a lot of the time with the play calling. Now, to that point, at the end on that last drive, he got back to the play calling that I thought should have been the case the entire game. He buckled down and, and, and called a great final drive, and they were able to score a touchdown. So, uh, a lot of a lot of a lot of things that you could take away one way or the other. But the most important thing is Niners Niners won. That's the only thing that matters. The W. Uh, yeah. All right, we got about a minute left here, maybe forty five seconds. Uh, Kings take on the Atlanta Hawks tonight. No Trey Young mm-hmm. concussion protocol. <laughs> Where are you at with this team and trying to beat teams when, when the other team is shorthanded? Hey, man, they got to find a way to get it done. They got to find a way to get a win. You know what I mean? Get a win here um, to get things back on track. And much like the Niners game on Saturday, I don't really care how it happens, to be honest with you. Like, they could have another poor free throw shooting night. 
they could have another bad defensive night, just get the victory. Because if you, because we've seen the other side before. You play well and you lose, nobody's going to talk about, oh, yeah, this is great. You know what I mean? So at for this game, all that matters is the win and loss. I don't really care how you get there. Just get the win. All right. Just win, baby. Uh, thanks for tuning in to the Insiders. Me and Jesse will be back tomorrow. We'll have Jerry Reynolds. See you at noon. Nice. I see you at 10, 10 to noon tomorrow. The Insiders here on ESPN 1320. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 